And so he said, hey, like, I know you had a shitty day at work. So did I. Like, I have this one-way ticket to Bangkok for us. Like, do you want to go? And, I mean, there was a lot on, you know, at stake here. I was on partner track to being a stockbroker. What's up, you guys? My name is Mick Kroshofsky, and welcome to episode 18 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today's episode is a little bit different from what you may be used to by now because it was actually recorded in person at one of my favorite beach bars here in Varna, where I am for the next few weeks, called Kubo. And my guests for this fun interview were Nate and Adriana, who are the couple behind the successful YouTube channel called, well, you guessed it, Nate and Adriana. Uh, On that YouTube channel, they document their digital nomad lifestyle to help inform other people who are also interested in pursuing the lifestyle. Nate and Adriana also run a successful app development company and have a customer-facing app called Nomad Budget which helps travelers keep track of their budget by converting and keeping track of different currencies and expenses. And in our wide-ranging interview, we talked about everything from their favorite Bulgarian dishes to some of the little talked-about difficulties with being a digital nomad that are nonetheless really important to know if you want to embark on this lifestyle and much, much more. We talked about a lot of fun things in this interview Um, So I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed recording it. And if you like what you hear and want to support the podcast, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a review or tell a friend about it. Uh, Those are really the best ways to help and support this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, here are Nate and Adriana. All right, you guys. Well, today on the show, I have Nate and Adriana from Yet Another Visa Run and uh, nomad budget app so welcome to the show you guys thanks so much Mika. thanks for having us Mika. yeah absolutely uh first of all let's start off with this adriana do you want to tell us where we are right now because i think people might be a little weirded out with hearing some background noise right now sure sure so we're here in varna bulgaria and this is one of the most beautiful coastal cities i think i've ever been to and we are at Kubo's, which is a nice little cocktail bar, but we're having some coffees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're being civil here. Everyone else around us is drinking, but don't worry, you guys, we're, we're drinking coffee. It's a cool place. It's kind of like a toes in the sand uh, type of bar, so you can walk around with a cocktail in your hand and kick the sand around a bit. Yeah, I always say Kubo is like the place that you don't need to make a plan to meet your friends. Mm-hmm. You kind of just end up like you're going to be here and then your friends are going to somehow end up being here too. And you're like, Oh cool. Like let's, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. So you guys are, you guys are liking it in Varna so far. What brought you here in the first place? Like why come to Varna? Uh, actually I saw a, like a, a vlog with Chris, the freelancer a few years ago. And that kind of opened my mind up to Bulgaria before that we had spoken to some of our friends about Bulgaria and one of our friends had done like a trusted house sitters, uh, type of thing here. And she, stayed here like in i think sometime in the in the winter and they booked a place that was like really remote and they just hated it because they were snowed in they were watching these like weird dogs and these dogs just were like giving them a hard time for like a month and they didn't see anything they were in varna during the winter no they were in some small like bulgarian town like out in the countryside somewhere i'm not sure where it was but Mm. 
Uh, they had been doing trusted house sitters for a while, and everything had gone well for them, so they just said, why not? Let's try it out. And I guess they just hated it because they weren't able to see anything, and uh, that really like spoiled my opinion about the country before we had even heard anything else. Yeah. And then I saw Chris's vlog, and it really kind of like opened my mind up to like how cool Bulgaria could be. Well, this isn't your first time in Bulgaria, right? No, no. We we went uh, to Sofia for first like about a year ago last summer, and we went like in a weird transition month where we saw a little bit of the winter and we came into the spring. So we were able to see a little bit of both aspects of that city. And when the springtime came around, we like we were just like, why are we not here longer? I really want to see more of this place. And then I started researching a bit more about like Bulgaria, and I found some more coastal cities and stuff. And it kind of just made sense to come back. Yeah. 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 No, Varna's a. I always tell people like it's kind of like. Uh, I think people think it's like Chernobyl. Like they think about Varna and they imagine Chernobyl because like you tell them like beaches and they're like, I don't know if I want to go to the beach in Bulgaria. Yeah. But it's actually, I mean, like we are right now sitting at a beach bar. The uh -huh. like beach is pretty wide. There's like people with like bathing suits and like toes in the sand and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, it's nice. It's been what it's been like 85 degrees yeah. every day. Complete paradise. We're staring at the sea right now. So yeah. And the seafood restaurants. Come on. Yeah, you guys you have been really here. loving the seafood. Oh, yeah. You can eat for like we had a plate of fish for a dollar eighty USD. That's yeah. a real steal. So yeah, you can live like a king here. And the people, I think, probably the best part about the whole country. The yeah. people are so friendly. So yeah, what Nate was talking about is we came to Sofia last year in the winter time and I've never been uh, I've never lived in the snow basically I'm from California so <laughs> I was like falling on the ice and it was just a, a total scene but we actually had a really good time even though it was we were you know snowed in like it's such a beautiful capital city yeah and it has a good vibe very mellow yeah I think that was what was most surprising is how mellow all of Bulgaria is like people mm. just take the time to meet up with friends, have some coffee, but also get work done. It's a nice balanced kind of life. Yeah, I was talking with a friend here recently, and I think Bulgarians may have invented the lifestyle <laughs> business concept before Tim Ferriss, because you'll walk through town here and you'll see people on the phone and they'll be having like business conversations, but there's going to be like a beer on the table and they'll be like smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, are you really working? Like, oh, <laughs> This seems nice. You know? yeah. yeah. So what has been your favorite thing that you've eaten so far because you mentioned the food uh, what has been your favorite thing that you've eaten so far here right. in varna uh, i liked our donor box it was really cool oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, it was the first night that you arrived and we went out walking around after hitting the hitting these little beach beach bars here and uh yeah it was really cool we had a takeaway box of uh, like a chinese box of donor yeah, i've never yeah. had that before yeah it's called China box, oh, but China it's box. Duner, which is like Turkish. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. But the weird part is that is like the one place I cannot find on Google Maps. Like if you like go into Google Maps, you can see all the restaurants around it, but that one's not on Google Maps, which makes yeah. it so much cooler. Uh, but it's that's been your favorite. Uh, it's been one of them, yeah. And then the seafood restaurants—they're yeah. so, they're all incredible. Like like Adriana said, it's just like such a great deal. And there's like mm. like 40 or 50 of them on the beach here. Yeah. You can just walk around and try a new one every day if you were here for a month. And there's so much variety. Really what has been your favorite? Oh, um, I really like the, I don't know how you call it. It's the sprot. Oh, so the tatsa? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Little tiny fried fish. Yeah. That, and they give you like a giant plate just piled high. 
Yeah. And it's enough for like four people. Yeah. But, you know, two people <laughs> hungry enough can yeah. really make, make a dent. So can you describe a little bit more what tata is to people who may maybe haven't tried it before? So I think the fish itself is called sprat. Yeah, in uh, English. In English. Sprat. And yeah. so these tiny little fish that have been battered and then quickly flash fried. And then they just put them on a plate and you can just throw them in your mouth. And, <laughs> and it's good if you're not that hungry or you want to share something or you're just... I don't know. It's people get it along with their dinner, mm. so it's just something on the table that we've seen like every Bulgarian family get along with the ubiquitous plate of fries with cheese. I don't know what that's <laughs> called, but we've seen that a lot. There's no name. It's just French fries with cheese. Yes. <laughs> and it's like the feta cheese, the shredded. Yeah. Have you tried it yet? No. Uh, oh, oh wait, we tried we it when we, we went to lunch yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah, so the interesting thing about tata is it's one of those things that I've always assumed no one other than Bulgarians would like it because the fish really? is whole. So, you know, it's got the tail and the, oh, and the heads, okay. and I always thought that, like, people would be like, I'm not having any of that, but people oh, love it. Good. It seems like it should almost come with, like, a dipping sauce, though. Like, uh, maybe, like, a crema type, okay. type of sauce. I don't know. That's so American of you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to dip everything. We need to dip things, okay? Uh, another one that I think was most shocking for both of us was, and I think people around the world would just – Flock uh, here is the mussels. Yeah. You can get a whole pot of mussels for I think like five bucks, uh, USD. Five dollars, yeah, yeah. Yeah, five bucks USD. Um, and they're just steamed to perfection with some herbs, some. And what white would something wine. like that cost? And like, because you guys are from San Francisco originally, so well, well, or not originally, the, but like the Southern California. Yeah, area. yeah. So um, what would something like that cost in that? Where like where you guys uh, are easily from? like over fifteen to eighteen dollars. Yeah, at wild. least yeah. It's pretty nuts. Absolutely. Especially, and there wouldn't be such variety as well. You would have, like, one option available to mm. you. But here you have, like, like, I don't know if they're spicy, but it had curry mussels. I've never had that before. Yeah. And, like, cream mussels, mussels and wine. So so much variety. I did, yeah, the curry ones are really a shock. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either because they said Belgian style, and it came out kind of curry style. And I was kind of also, I don't know, but it tasted good. So yeah, I got to try one of yours. So Yeah. So yeah. how did, okay. You guys are here in Bulgaria. You guys have been traveling for all this time, but you guys are like, how have you been able to do this? Like, how did you end up starting to work remotely? Like, how did that happen? Who came up with the idea to work remotely, actually? Hmm. That's a good question. Because there's always one. Like, there's always the one well, that's crazy that convinces the other. I'd say we're, we're both crazy. I'd say <laughs> we're both pretty obsessed with it. We started okay. seeing like early vloggers like w like years ago, like six or five, seven years ago. And these guys were just starting out. We were interested in like the food that kind of drew me in initially. So there was a guy named Mark Weens. He's really big now, uh, but at the time he only had like ten or twenty thousand subs on YouTube. I think he has over a million now. Mm. I haven't checked in a while, but uh, he was able to show us like how he was able to live abroad for a longer period of time. And he worked really, really hard, and he saved up I think around seven thousand dollars. And he was working for like the Goodwill, and he would pick up. Like people's leftover, like throwaway stuff, like so, like furniture, bags of clothes, mm -hmm. and he would kind of pick through it sometimes, and he would uh, then like sell it, like uh, like aftermarket or something, but like mm -hmm. before, like stuff that the goodwill didn't want. Yeah. And he was able to save up working over, I think, a period of six or seven months, around seven thousand dollars. Wow. And he was from uh, Africa. I, I followed the story a, a bit, but he was from Africa. And he was able to like 
easily adapt to Thailand. He was he learned Thai and he like really made it. Like he lived off of like a fifty dollar apartment, shared it shared it with somebody. Fifty dollars a month. Fifty dollars a month. Yeah, with, in Bangkok with like and, no air conditioning. Yeah, and he became fluent in Thai and he just started shooting videos. He was really into food and I think he was kind of he kind of seems a bit like an Andrew Zimmern type mm. of guy, but it was really fascinating because he made like an An- Andrew Zimmern quality show, like a food, I forgot exactly what, like Bizarre Foods or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he made a high quality show just off of like a do-it-yourself approach. So he had a small camera and slowly started upgrading and was like just stuck with it for years and years and years and he finally made it. But uh, And so was the, yeah. was the travel aspect of the videos that he was making the thing that made you want to take off or was the or were the videos and you were watching what he was creating that made you start your youtube channel i think it which was is pretty, by was the way at yet another visa run <laughs> so if people yeah, want to go you. follow they can go <laughs> check that out now yeah i think it was a bit, little bit of both actually okay. i, I like the raw aspects of it where he was able to show like like hopping on like a, a river boat in, in bangkok and that was like so exciting to me and so mm. foreign and that attracted me to it and it was kind of an extension of like I originally read the Four Hour Workweek in like 2008, right when it came out. I don't think there has yet been a guest <laughs> on the show who has not at one point said I read the Four Hour Workweek. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that that book, like in marketing, it be, it's called like a mind virus, where it just like it mm-hmm. affects your mind and you can't stop thinking about it. It's mm-hmm. just like really dug in. And this was before even the term digital nomad was being used around. So I it was like this was like one of the first people I ever saw who actually like pieced it together and made it work for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that seeing this guy like kind of made it like possible to make it ha- work for ourselves. Mm. You know, I, I, a lot of it just seems so abstract, but once we found someone who was actually doing it, I think that the seed was planted and we were just like gung ho about it. And like, we yeah. were just, we started saving up all of our money. Like we stopped eating out. Like we just saved up everything. And, and like in where we come from, it's a real like, like showy type of area like not well not necessarily i think california in general is like you got to kind of show what you have and like people drive like nice cars like bmws even they're they're making like 50 60k a year eastern europe a little bit yeah it's pretty crazy (laughs) but people are living above their means you know and like for us to like not go to like the fancy bar every weekend or whatever with these guys Mm. and like spend hundreds of dollars was just kind of like not uh, it wasn't common, and the people were just yeah. kind of like freaked out about it. But we kept doing it, and eventually we were able to, like, I started working like at the time I was a programmer, and I was able to take, uh, like, I, I found a remote working job, a job that let me work remotely, and this is after I'd seen like Mark Weens, I'd been following him for a while, and we had we had continued to save up money, not really sure at this point what we were doing with it quite yet, but. Uh, well, luckily you were in, you know, as a programmer, you, that's one of the easiest, I think, like career paths to actually go remote because like a lot of programmers and developers are already kind of remote even before they are. But Adriana, what was sort of like the, what were the very first steps that you sort of took when you guys, when he was like, okay, I'm going to get this remote job and I'm going to start doing this. Like, what did you guys like? What were you guys thinking? Like, what was your plan? What were your first steps to doing it? Yeah, so I think for this, it, it kind of goes back. Like, we, we had been living in Southern California for for the... We had lived there for, I think, about seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, Nate's actually self-taught 
with his programming. So he started out as a graphic designer and mm-hmm. I'll let him share that later. But I was doing investments. So I was like an investment um, person. I would like analyze investments mm-hmm. by day at the Swiss bank. And like he said, we had been watching these travel videos and we have been wa- uh, reading four hour work week. So we really wanted to travel, but it was something that seemed kind of like just a pipe dream. and. We had been saving a lot of money just to make sure that we could eventually have options. And one day we both had a really shitty day at work and we came home and I was cooking dinner and Nate was on the computer (laughs) and he had a one-way ticket to Bangkok. Just pulled up. Yeah, just pulled up on Skyscanner, I believe. And it was just some random day, like, I think, what was it? July 1st. <laughs> he remembers the exact date. <laughs> All right, so he had this random date pulled up, and he said, "I." It was in December, mind you. So, so this is in December, yeah. and you're about to book a flight, yes. July yeah. for Okay, correct. And so he said, "Hey, like, I know you had a shitty day at work. So did I. Like, I have this one-way ticket to Bangkok for us. Like, do you want to go?" And I mean, there was a lot on, you know, at stake here. I was mm-hmm. on partner track to being a stockbroker. We had yeah, you're about to be a baller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had our whole life just set right. up. We had worked at our jobs for almost a decade. So there was a lot at stake. Um, we had just bought a new car. We were really committed to trying to give our career, it, you mm-hmm. know, all of ourselves to it. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I want to go to Bangkok. Let's do it. So, and this wasn't a vacation, mind you. This is let's change our lives right now, right now. uh, So at this point, so you guys are essentially, I have two questions, which I keep doing this because the very first thing when you become a podcast, they tell you to do is like, don't ask two questions at once. And I keep doing it. (laughs) So I just, I'm No, it's cool. Um, But my two questions are, okay. So first of all, you guys are about to go, you have six months Right. And in that six months, like, was it like, okay, tomorrow we need to start figuring out what we're going to do because we just booked these flights or like, had you already started sort of like going in that direction? Yeah. So basically he said, you know, if you want to book this flight, like you're going to have to press the mouse. <laughs> he made you, know? you pull yeah, the trigger. Yeah, he made me pull oh, the man. trigger. So, so that it's a mutual consent yeah, here. Yeah. And <laughs> I did. I went over to the computer and I hit submit and we had yeah. our tickets. <laughs> But, yeah, the next morning, things were just totally different, right? Like a mentality shift? I'd say we had a extremely clear focus of what mm. we needed to do. There was a lot that we had. Like, we were we had our lives really ingrained at this, at this point. Okay. So we had just purchased a car, like a brand-new car, about a year before this. It was, like, the bottom of the line, but it was, like, a new car. Like, we had never had a new car. Yeah, to you us. committed to a, a big expense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we had all this furniture and stuff and we had a six month plan thankfully like we were able to break it apart we said hey what are all the big things that we Mm. need to do so we started getting things like our shots and like get rid of the car like get rid of the furniture we kind of had it mapped out generally like to what month we wanted to do it and we had it up on the wall like right next to the kitchen and we would see it like every day and we would just start to knock off things it's like and like the whole time we were like is this really going to happen and we had to kind of keep it a secret from our family because uh one of uh well the the stockbroker that adriana was working for was her brother so Uh uh, she didn't really want to like like you know tell her brother about it too far out and like have him react negatively but um (laughs) so okay 
what did you guys so did you had you started working online like you said that you had a remote job had you started that remote job already yeah or did you i had okay. started this job in around like july of the previous year so oh, okay. it was come around december so it's been about six months already and i said well like i'm gonna do this no matter what but i'm gonna give my boss like about like a month or two to like know about this before we do it and just kind of tell him about what we're doing and see if he's okay with it if not like because oh, you're well. already remote and you just wanted to know if it would be cool for you being remote yeah, somewhere else. I had been lucky enough to find a position where I had only had to see my boss like two times. I've only met I only met him two times yeah. in person. So we were like pretty used to not seeing each other that often. Mm -hmm. But we were able to I we were able to come up with an agreement. We said, "Hey, like we'll try it out for a month or whatever." We're going to Bangkok. Uh, we have this like place set up. I know mm. like of these things called co-working spaces, <laughs> and we can go and like work at this place. We're at an actual office. Don't be too freaked out. And he said, you know what? Like, let's try it out. You yeah. know, like you're you're doing good at work. Let's just give it a shot. But thankfully, he was able to. He said yes and agreed yeah. to it. But we were able to get started because of this. And uh, Adriana, what did you do for your work? Because I know, I mean, the developer route is pretty, I mean, I'm not going to say easy, mm -hmm. but it's pretty mapped out. Like, you go and you search for any remote job, like, 80% of them are going to be developer or UX, UI, you know, like, whatever. How did you, what was your plan with your background on, like, what to do work-wise? Well, I started, uh, I started studying programming. Okay. Yeah, as soon as I kind of had this 199 days until Bangkok. <laughs> yeah, so we had it, you know. So where did you learn? Like, um, was, were you just copying on, his like, notes or? No, no. Uh, we actually just worked separately. So I would come home from a long day at work. Mm -hmm. I would wake up at 5 or 4.30, work until about 4 p.m., go to the gym, come home. Um, and then I would just start studying programming. So I would go on Udemy mm -hmm. and buy courses on there and just start from scratch. You know, like, what is computer programming? Then start doing JavaScript and mm -hmm. PHP and learning the back end, the front end, all sorts of stuff. And if I ever had a question, I would ask Nate and, you know, we would do tutorials together or he would explain something that the teacher on Udemy didn't yeah. really quite make sense about. So then he would kind of clarify, clarify it for me. Mm. So that's kind of... And how long ago was this that you guys, like, that july 1st and it's really funny that you guys had a date by the way <laughs> because a good friend of mine heath armstrong who's also been in the podcast before he has this date in which he said it exactly like this like he said this and i don't remember the exact date but he said this date i'm going to be location independent nice and he did end up going location independent on that date and so now that's his like location independent like birthday <laughs> you know so it's yeah. funny you guys have that too but how long ago was that date what july 1st of 2015 2015 so yeah. it's been like four years it's been over four years now yeah. and what do you guys do now well from that point uh we we started <clears throat> traveling southeast asia and we said we wanted to really see the the world at that point mm -hmm. like we were just so interested in it everything was just so fresh and we decided just to uh see as much as we could and it turned like over time there we had a okay let me backtrack just a bit before we left, I, I agreed with my boss. Like he said, oh yeah, we can do this, uh, this work remotely agreement, but every day we're gonna need to do like a stand-up type of thing, so. What do you mean by that? Well, a stand-up is, it's a programming term. Uh, it comes from agile development, but basically what it means is you meet for a couple minutes every mm -hmm. day and yeah. you talk about your progress. And if anything's like in person, like you, a video or whatever. Yeah, we, we were just doing it over the phone. Sure. But, we would, but you could do it over video as well. Yeah. 
but every week we would have like a big weekly planning session mm -hmm. and every day we would kind of just say hey are we staying on track like how are we doing like how's everything going basically mm -hmm. but he we agreed to these meetings when when i first started and they're pretty common like it's not a big deal normally mm -hmm. but when you're in Southeast Asia and you're working for a company in California, there's like a massive time difference. Yeah. You know, it's like 10 or 12 hours or something. And I was having to end up calling at like one or two in the morning. And he would like in, in California time, I think that was eight or nine in the morning. But uh, there's a really interesting story that we had because I broke my foot actually. When we were like in Indonesia, I broke. How my did foot. you do that? Uh, I sloppily fell and like hit my foot. Like it was, it was not an exciting thing. But were you on like a scooter or did you just fall? No, I was in my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have like a cool story of like oh, no. I was on a scooter on this Indonesian no, road. No. <laughs> <laughs> but with this broken foot, we were in Indonesia. <clears throat> we had to make, I had to do these calls, and at the time we were using Skype to make the calls mm -hmm. uh, over like Wi-Fi. And we were staying in a tiny house. It's called a joglo, but mm. basically it's like a bamboo hut type of house. It's very traditional. Mm. It's on the rice paddy, and there's a lot of critters and stuff. But oh, I had to I, be outside. I, this is a very <laughs> familiar uh, description. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me? <laughs> oh man! So I think the night he's talking about. Are you talking about the? Oh, okay, yeah. So <laughs> basically, the only Wi-Fi available in this Joglo. Let me paint a picture of this place. So we're basically in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. And if you go out to our backyard, it's just rice paddies and the jungle. And um, basically, the only Wi-Fi available is out on the patio. So poor Nate used to have to go outside. <laughs> And it's just swarming with oh, insects. Oh, man, yeah, because it's, it's dark. It's insane, yes. And so uh, the only Wi-Fi was out there, so he would have to do his <laughs> conference calls at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. out there. And so there was this thing called broom duty. So, broom duty yeah, broom duty was basically there was this cacophony of frogs. And so Nate had to do his conference call, but you can't do that if the frogs are just croaking. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it sounded like a million frogs out there. So what I would do is I would take a broom and then just like gently nudge the tree that the frogs are on. And then they would all like, shh, like be quiet. <laughs> and so that was kind of our thing that we would do. Broom duty had to happen before every conference call. Oh man. So yeah, that was kind of, but also that Joglo house was really crazy. One day there was a centipede that was about a foot long. And Whoa. I was trying to be really nice. Like, all right, I'm not Where gonna- Where are you in Indonesia? In Bali, Ubud. Ubud, Ubud okay. Bali. I was trying to be nice. Like, all right, I'm not gonna kill you. Like. Because there's so many. Uh, you, like, I'd flip my yeah. shit if I saw a foot long centipede. <laughs> there were so many critters in this house. It was yeah. just open air. Yeah. So there was no closure so that the air could come in and out, but also animals would come in and out. Yeah. So this centipede, I was like, all right, I'll let you out. So I grabbed the broom that was used for broom duty. And I kind of like just put the broom next to the centipede, hoping that it would like, you know, go on the broom and I could carry him gently out the uh -huh. door. But he started fighting the broom with like 10 arms. So I was like, oh, hell no. Now you have to die. So, <laughs> so as I was killing the centipede, Nate was with his crutches in another room because he had the broken foot. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, what the hell? And I looked down and I started screaming because there's scorpions that just came like a family of scorpions 
came out. Where were you staying? In this sounds like an Indiana Jones this movie. This is like a traditional Balinese house, like no air con. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you get we had we had like three foot lizards running through the house. Oh, I know exactly what lizards it's are talking. They crazy. made the sounds at night. Yes, they're and yeah, yeah, yeah. they would like hang out on the rafters yep. above our head yeah, and like yeah. poop. It was not fun. But it was Did fun. you guys have the cuz when we were there I I mean we have very similar stories yeah. about like because we got this place and it was beautiful. It's called the Firefly Lodge outside of Ubud and it was in the rice paddies oh, and when man. it was dark like there were fireflies. It was beautiful. But then the first day we were uh, it was sunny when we walked in and we just started cooking dinner one night and it got dark and the lights were on and all manners of creatures oh, came into the like <laughs> place because the lights were on. Oh, so man. We ended our nights at like 6 p.m. like that whole week that we were staying in that place because yeah, like that's the thing that you don't see on Instagram from Bali yes. is the like creatures hanging out in the rafters uh-huh. of like your place. You know? <laughs> the reality of, yeah. of what it means to live in a joke. And did you guys have a like the thing where you're in the house but you're in the loft like you're sleeping in like an open loft or did no, you guys have an it actual was bedroom? The joglo that we were in was kind of like a almost a 30 foot or a 40 foot roof. That okay. just kind of looked like a cone. Oh, like I a know what teepee, you're talking about. Almost, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to let the air um, yep. move up. So, to answer your question, I remember the question. Uh, so, we're doing these nighttime calls, right? I'm doing these every night. Yeah. And then we finally ended up in India. And I'm I, one of my biggest like life dreams at this point was to see the Taj Mahal. Uh huh. But because of like the time difference and because of these daily calls, I was unable to see the Taj Mahal. And I was so frustrated at this point. It had been about a year at this point. And so said, you were at, like, well, I don't know what city the Taj Mahal is. You were in New is. Delhi. Yeah. New Delhi, and then outside of New Delhi is Agra. And then okay. that, from Agra, you go see yeah. the Taj Mahal. And you weren't able to go see it because you were on these calls. No, it's about, like, I think an hour away. Okay. But it's a day trip, you know. Yeah, sure. It's a lot of coordinating. It takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have to do my work as well. Yeah, yeah. I have to perform. So uh, because I wasn't able to do that, uh, I started to kind of like get more and more upset with my situation, mm. and I finally just said to my boss, I said, "Hey, like, I don't think this is going to work out long term anymore. I want to really branch out and do something on my own, where I don't really have to be tied down mm-hmm. like to this daily meeting." And I re- really appreciate like you letting me try it out for myself for for a while, but like it just I don't think it's going to be able to work anymore. So that's when you kind of started your guys' own company making apps, right? Sure. Yeah, we started. Well, we we were doing a bit of uh, like we tried a lot of stuff actually at this point. We because we had a, a nice bit of a safety net mm. because of all that savings that we had done. We had built up a bit of a runway, mm. so we gave ourselves about two years. Like we had two okay. years of runway, which That's is a pretty big runway. That's nice. Yeah, but we were we had gotten used to living like on really minimal budgets in in California, and then in Asia we were able to adapt really easily and mm. save even more while we were there. So because of that, we were able to say, hey, like, let's just try it out. Like, let's just make it work. And if not, mm. worst case scenarios, we have a bunch of cool experience under our belts. And at least we've given it a shot. But after about, I think it was about a year until we started to really, I think, make things kind of come together. Uh, at this time, I met somebody who had done something similar. When Right when we were in Bali, I met them. And he said that they had, like, the exact same situation. But they went to South America. But... Basically, like it was a very similar situation, and the guy that I was talking to said, "Oh, he's like showing up to his meetings like drunk, cause like he was just so miserable. Oh like, yeah, he would yeah. go out to the bar and like show up to these these calls drunk, <laughs> and he's just like, this is like a real shitty way to live. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, am I allowed to cuss? You can know. say whatever <laughs> you want to say. Sorry. 
uh, he's like, this is a terrible way to live. I can't do this anymore. So like, his girlfriend at the time had a very like specialist like degree, mm-hmm. and they were able to apply it. It's something based around like early childhood development type of yeah. stuff. And they made a few apps, and they said we have like 20k saved up right now. Like, can we just make it within one year in 20k? Mm-hmm. And uh, they did it. They made a, the, like a small portfolio of apps, mm-hmm. and afterwards, at the end of the year, they still had that 20k, and these apps were now like able to make them make enough yeah. money to live. You know. So you guys have like your own company where you build apps, but like one of the things that you guys have right now is an app called Nomad Budget which is for nomads. Well, it's one of our passions. I mean, one of the things that got us to be able to do this on mm. for ourselves is that that sticking to the budget, like really yeah. just like paying attention to everything, seeing where everything's going, cutting out a lot of these like recurring subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And we were able to reduce our spending a lot, like by like 50% just over a matter of a period of a few months. And it was budgeting that really allowed us to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of that, I wanted to kind of like do something that helped people do it a little bit more easily, especially for travelers. So we made a budgeting app for people that can manage multiple currencies. So if you're moving around quickly, you could just swap currencies in and out, mm-hmm. and you could set like a daily budget for yourself in like your home currency. So because of that, like I think that we're now able to like help other people like, yeah. save for themselves. And it's funny because. I mean, we just met like what, like a week ago, technically in person, but I've known you guys because I downloaded the Nomad Budget app like two, three years ago oh, or wow. something like that. That's and awesome. you were the, the, the developer <laughs> under the the app. And yeah. so that's how I've had it. And I that's how I found you guys' awesome. YouTube channel as well. So how did the, because you guys, I feel like you guys have these two distinct things that you guys have both been like really successful with, which is like your apps. And also, you guys have a pretty sizable YouTube channel. Like, you guys, how many subscribers do you guys have on your YouTube channel now? Um, thanks. Uh, I think we just hit over ten thousand. So yeah. So it's how? Been nice. When did you start that? The mm. YouTube channel. Yeah. So we have a YouTube channel. I think it's currently called just Nate and Adriana. Oh, it's not yet another visa run. Um, it yet another visa run is kind of like my handle on Instagram. Oh, it's okay. confusing. I thought, that, I, see, I, I thought that the YouTube channel was also... And it's our blog, so we don't, we don't really have it all <laughs> lined up there. So if somebody wanted to go check out the YouTube channel, what would they have to type into... Would it just be Nate and Adriana? Yeah, Nate okay, and cool. Adriana. Awesome. Yeah. Easy enough. Uh, sorry about that. It's a little confusing, but you, yeah. You don't have to apologize <laughs> to me. Why? <laughs> yeah, we'll stop changing our YouTube channel. Yeah, we... We got started with our first YouTube channel um, called Tripper. That was a long time ago, right? It was heavily inspired by the Mark Weens okay. approach, where we really wanted to try this like food thing, and we really oh, was ran like with focus, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Adriana would like eat food on camera, basically, <laughs> and over like it was just like all local food, and we would try to like get the most like authentic food that you possibly could. But over time, like it started to kind of add up like in pounds like you could like really see like the effect that it took over time what do you so, mean well like local food in many places isn't exactly like the healthiest uh, it is like <laughs> i see af- where this is going <laughs> <laughs> you know I, i'd say like uh it, it took its toll after a while and yeah. we were just starting to feel like crappy like eating <laughs> 
like street food all the time. I would eat a lot of street food. Yeah, you got to do it for the camera. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then like the leftovers, I would hand to Nate, and then I, yeah, it just it would not. It didn't. It didn't end well. So we were like, all right. I don't think I really like eating on camera, <laughs> but I do like the travel aspect. Yeah. So we deleted that channel because we were just kind of done with it and started a new one. The Nate so and Adriana change the name you just deleted, we just the, deleted channel. the channel we were okay. we were fed up with it but we started a new one called nate and adriana and um we actually just like re-uploaded all those videos from the past so okay. they're available yeah probably would have made more sense to just change yeah. the channel title <laughs> yeah really would because that's what i assumed you guys did you know nope, but, nope. okay yeah so this new channel we just go all around the world just filming different things a budget mm. is definitely one of the things that i'm obsessed with so just showing cost of living for digital nomads or people just traveling through mm. different cities um, and kind of going after maybe more of the like local aspects, stuff off the beaten path. Yeah, I think that's such a I think that is one of the most there's two things that I think vloggers like you guys have done an amazing job of for the digital nomad community, which is showing the cost of living, which to somebody who's living in the States, who's paying, you know, fifteen hundred bucks for an apartment at least. For them to see like, holy crap, I can get this place in Chiang Mai or in Varna or wherever that's costing $300. Yeah, definitely. Like that's huge because it immediately starts, you know, it starts clicking. Yes. And then the other thing is just showing like exactly like what like the lifestyle is like and what the places are where you can almost like without having to like really be very risky. Like you can watch the videos and you say, cool, Varna looks awesome. Like, that's what I want to go do. That place looks like it's a good match for me. I want to go there. And that's kind of one of the things that I like about Varna in particular is that a lot of people, especially we were drawn to Southeast Asia initially. It's really easy in Southeast Asia. and mm -hmm. It's really affordable. It's really adventurous. But there is a lot more out there than just Southeast Asia. And for the things that we like, sometimes I want to eat pasta. Yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> I want to eat pizza. And in Asia, it's not always, like, the quality that I'm used to. I mean... Uh, I know it sounds kind of weird, but I mean, like, Western food's just not really readily available in Asia, you know. E Eastern yeah. Europe has a lot to offer as well. That like, there's a lot more options out there. That's all. I'm, I guess that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I the way that I look at like places like Chiang Mai or Bali, for example, specifically Chiang Mai, I think, are like the freshman dorms of remote work. Like, you become remote you go to Chiang Mai because there's tons of people who are just getting started, but there's also like players who have been around it for a while. And so everyone's super open and they want to meet each other and you meet a ton of people all of a sudden. And then like, I think as people get a little bit more um, like seasoned, maybe they kind of start like, okay, let me see what else is out there. You know, maybe they're like freelancing work has gotten more, you know, legit and they can like, you know, trust themselves to go somewhere else. So yeah, I, I think like I think a lot of people have that experience where they start out in Southeast Asia and then they move somewhere mm -hmm. elsewhere. I had the different experience because I was originally from here and this was <laughs> the cheapest place for me to go. Awesome. Um, but yeah, you know. Yeah. So what have you guys? What has been your favorite place so far? Because you guys have been all over. Uh, so what has been like one of like what has been like your favorite place? Would you say hmm. uh, so far for you guys? For me, uh, my favorite would have to be Cambodia. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoy Cambodia and India. I would okay. say, like, if someone what told me... What was it about those two places? Um, let's see. For Cambodia, I just liked that it had a kind of a wild and free feeling to it. That um, if you kind of go to different... 
towns, like smaller towns. Like one in particular that we really loved was Campot. It's just really friendly people, really good vibes, like very mellow. Mm. The food's delicious. Uh, and also just the culture, like the music and the sightseeing that you can mm. do. There's obviously like Angkor Wat in Cambodia, which yeah. is probably the most spectacular thing I've ever seen in my life, hands down. Um, but yeah, if someone told me, hey, you have you know one month to live, where would you go? I'd probably get on a plane and go to India because it's okay. the most thrilling, like adrenaline rush type of place that you can go to. Yeah. And then I don't know what Nate would choose. Nate, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like Vietnam a lot. Okay. That's where we able we saw like our first like really beautiful mountains, and we came really close to the southern border of China, and I love the north of Vietnam a lot. At this point, we had been traveling for about four months, and I met a guy on a bus, and he heard that we were Americans, and he said, "Hey, you got to hang out with me." Like, <laughs> like I haven't met too many other too many of us out here, and he said, "Let's get on a scooter," and I was like, "Okay, why not?" And we did it, and it was like an amazing place to start for us because of like the open roads and like the winding mount mountainous roads, and mm -hmm. we were able to see like a new tribe every day, mm -hmm. and we were going to like a small like wooden bar, like a cabin every night, and like just hanging out, eating like tofu stir fries, and like by the fireplace in the mountains, and it was like freezing, and we were just like wind bitten from riding all day. And it was totally amazing. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I haven't been to Vietnam yet, but I hear really good things. Yeah. So I have, and Bon Mi is like <laughs> phenomenal. And there's so. a lot of uh, varieties of Bon Mi as well. Yeah. One of the ones I really liked had uh, like an egg omelet inside of Ooh. it. Yeah, most of the time you'll get like the the, the sliced meat, you know, mm. but you can have like the egg instead of the meat. It's really good. That sounds. That yeah. definitely sounds good. I'd recommend trying it. Okay. Go. <laughs> uh, hey, when I'm over there, I'll definitely, okay. I'll definitely try it. So, you guys are here right now in Varna. Uh, you guys, how much longer are you guys here for? A couple weeks? Yeah, we have about two weeks left. Okay. Great. And then, uh, where are you guys on to next? Uh, we're <laughs> heading south to uh, Albania. That's our destination. We have that booked, and then we left about a little over two weeks of just like free time to kind of go through some other countries. So I think we're going to just do a little road trip through Macedonia, Kosovo, and Montenegro. Nice. And then head to the beaches of Albania. There you go. <laughs> and uh, if people want to find you guys, you know, and they want to check out the app or the YouTube channel, where can they, or social media, where can they find you guys? Sure, sure. Thanks. Uh, so it's just Nate and Adriana for the YouTube. And then for Instagram, it's yet another visa run uh, for... There's an infrequently updated blog but that goes by the same name, but you can also find us there. Is yet that another yetanothervisarun.com? Yes, okay, correct. Cool. <laughs> nice. And then nomadbudget.com if you want to check out the, the uh, app that we make. Cool. Or you just go on the uh, Apple Store and look up Nomad Budget. Yeah, and I'm going to link all that below. But uh, awesome. before we sign off, if you guys have one tip for somebody who is – you know, maybe in the position that you guys are in before July 1st, you know, yeah. that, that year, what would that tip be for that person who's maybe thinking about doing this? What, what would you guys tell that person? I'd say if you're really interested in doing it, just really work hard at it and uh, don't let other people's opinions really sway you too much. We had a lot of pushback when we got started. People thought we were nuts and we kept pushing and we kept doing it. We made it work. What about you? Do you have one or do you agree with that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I would I would say the same thing, you know, it's like definitely don't worry about what other people think about your life because it's your life. So yeah. you want to do what's best for you. And maybe also it's always good to save money because that way you have more options, mm. you know. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thanks so uh, much for having us. Yeah, of course. And with that, we're going to, you know, maybe hang out at the beach for a little bit longer. <laughs> and then, you know. Let's jump in the water. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. Thank you, guys. Thanks.